Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, SmackDown is going to be very interesting for the next few months because there are no two ways about it. We are absolutely trying to turn Becky Lynch into a bad guy. And also, every single week we're going to go, is Brock Lesnar going to be there? Is Brock Lesnar not going to be there? It's basically 2018 all over again. But does that mean the most recent episode of SmackDown was any good or does it mean it was the worst thing we've ever seen in our lives and we need to rip it apart as if it's some kind of pillow? I don't rip apart pillows. That would make me a strange person. But I am Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. This is called the finger of power it gives the good bits and up and the bad bits are down and let's do that right now for the show known as smack it down First and foremost, good wishes and well thoughts to Pat McAfee, who wasn't able to be on SmackDown this week because it sounds like he had a hell of a time when it came to COVID, so I just hope that he's getting better. It did mean that our announced team was Michael Cole, Corey Graves and Kevin Owens, which was quite nice. I enjoyed them. And I tell you too, as hinted about in the intro, WWE really has a battle on their hands, is their hands, when it comes to Becky Lynch. Because we are indeed going to try and turn her into a bad guy. But as we learned in around about 37 seconds here, she is suffering from Stone Cold Steve Austin disease. And what is that? Well, it's when you continue to do dastardly things, but we love you because there's just something about you that we want to love. And do not forget, Stone Cold Steve Austin was a terrible person. I mean, he would randomly beat people up. He once pretended he was going to murder someone and he actually did try to kill Triple H. He dropped them out of a sky in his car. And did we care about any of that? No, we didn't. But when it comes to the man, yes, the idea is quite clear. Now, it is Becky Lynch who wants to be a villain. I don't think she came up with the idea, why don't I go beat Bianca Belair in 25 seconds, which is still ridiculous. But at first, when she did have a microphone, she was just like, oh man, I'm so happy to be back. This is the best thing ever. And of course, it was just cheers and cheers and cheers and cheers. When she did reference the pay-per-view though and said, oh man, I've seen some bad reaction out there, so I apologize, give it a beat, give it a beat, for absolutely nothing. Do you think anybody booed? Of course they didn't. They just got even louder because ipso facto, everywhere loved Becky Lynch. Bianca Belair then came out and thankfully she was greeted by a bunch of noise because we cannot forget the end game with her. She is clearly a super duper star in the making and we have to continue down this path. She's also so good at reacting to when she does get beat because she's relatable and she comes across like a normal person. I mean, what a concept. So she had accepted what happened and had come up with a plan. Why don't you and I, Becky Lynch, have a rematch tonight? 
And out came Carmella and fresh off the Street Fighter tournament, Zelina Vega. And I actually went, no, you have got to be kidding me. What the hell happened to the SmackDown Women's Division? They also both said that they deserve a title shot. I'm sorry, in no world is that true. You could go to Mars and some alien Martian would walk up and go, I don't think they do deserve shots because no alien, they do not. They lose each and every single week and they come out here seven days later and go, well, I think I should be champion. You are wrong. There's no debating this. You are incorrect. Thankfully, they were eventually interrupted by Liv Morgan, who hasn't been on SmackDown for ages, but nobody told us why. But she has become the voice of reason, so she's now my favorite person in the world. She was like, Carmella, you lose all the time. Zelina Vega, you lose all the time. You couldn't even beat Chan Lee. Why on earth would you get a shot? I was like, oh, Liv Morgan, thank goodness. She then went, but I deserve a shot. I was like, no, no, you haven't been around, but I don't care, I'll take it. Bianca then got bored of these schmoes and turned back to Becky Lynch and said, man, I still want that fight. And Bex just went, nah, I don't want to do that. And she walked off. So once again, we are teasing about where she's going to end up. But as I've said now, around about 39 times, I really don't think it's gonna work. I mean, she's actually gonna have to come around all of our houses, knock on the door and just punch us all in the face before we do start disliking her. And then of course, Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan and Carmella and Zelina Vega started having a fight, which was very handy for WWE because it meant it then transformed into a fatal four-way match. And what the hell would we have done if we didn't have this on the table? I mean, I guess it would have just been silent. So this really was fascinating. I do want to know where it's going to go. And I thought Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch were both very good. So as ever, it's a wait and see situation, but I'm going to give it up. Before this fatal four-way as well, we got a video for the brand new NXT logo and I was dying. I couldn't have laughed more because we have all heard the rumors about how they want to take NXT in a new direction. What they've actually done is they've run the marketing and design department and said, look, just do the complete opposite of what we were doing before. So it's all colorful and it looks like a rainbow. And I actually think it's quite nice to look at. It's just really funny. It basically looks like we just gave a bunch of felt dip pens to kids and went, hey man, why don't you go crazy? Although I think the tagline was coming. So it said NXT. Coming, I'm sorry, I'm a child. I'm a 12-year-old child, let's just move on. We then had this magical fatal four-way match. It was fun. Uh, Vega was out pretty quickly after the KOD and Carmella was also out pretty quickly after the Oblivion. But this was really good because it meant we could do Bianca Belair versus Liv Morgan. And while I'm sure they have had matches before, I couldn't remember it on this night. So I started to get into it. There's also serious evidence that we do need to do more with Liv because she just turns up randomly to SmackDown, but she always gives a good account of herself. And as ever, WWE teased that there was going to be a distraction because Carmella was back in there and Zelina Vega was back in there and they were beating the good guys up. But then they got removed and we were just allowed to have a good match with a good clean finish. I was surprised. Ultimately though, Bianca did get the better of this. She hit the KOD. She got the one, two, three. She's now the number one contender. We can probably go on to extreme rules, I guess. And do Becky Lynch versus Bianca. I have no problem with this outside of the problems that we have already discussed. Paul Heyman was then backstage and he must have had a really tough week because does he pick his tribal chief or does he pick his beast? This was basically like the start of a Disney movie. As it turned out, he was quite serious about standing next to Roman Reigns, but then it all went bad because he tried to get in Roman Reigns' locker room and it was locked. And once again, I was chuckling for two reasons. One, this is not a slight on you, Paul Heyman. If somebody has locked a door, nobody can get in. But two, Roman Reigns, you gaslighting son of a bitch. You need to leave him alone. This is exactly what we should have done, though, because we have started to plant these seeds. And after we cut to a commercial and came back, Paul was still stood outside this door like a waiting to be fed when we did 
needed even more of this because the Usos turned up and they cast suspicion onto him. They also made him look really stupid because they were like, dude, Roman ain't even at the venue yet. So Paul was like, <laughs> I didn't realize. But then they took their finger and said, wait a minute, at SummerSlam, before the main event, you told us to go to the back and now we think you did that in order for Brock Lesnar to return afterwards and do what he did. And Paul Heyman was like, no, this was Roman Reigns' decision. It wasn't mine, which to be fair is probably true. But again, seeds sprinkling them all over the place, which sounds terrible. Point is, I like this a lot. It's the obvious storyline, giving it up. Cesaro was then back on SmackDown. And more for me, because only a few days ago, and I was like, wait a minute, we haven't seen Cesaro in ages. And he was taking on Chad Gable here. WWE went WWE down. Because they only got two minutes when they were rocking and rolling. It was absolutely brilliant. But then Otis decided, oh, I'm bored. And he got in and he caused a disqualification. And it's just every single WWE ending to every single WWE match. To the point you start falling backwards and you close your eyes. The Alpha Academy then wrecked him. So I suppose Cesaro is going to get a tag team partner and do a tag team feud. But more importantly than this, bring down the board, the disqualification counter. And it's a big day today because it rolls up to 50. This one, much like the distraction counter, is probably going to fly past 100 before the end of the year. Which I think allows us to say that the finish is really, really overused. My new hero, Baron Corbin, then arrived. I tell you this gimmick. If you've been following him on social media, you know that he hit it big in Las Vegas. So now he's rich again and he's not learning from his past mistakes at all. Because he's buying vehicles and he's spending money. And his wife let him back in the house, which kind of questions that relationship. But if we weren't going to use this to bring sympathy upon him and turn him babyface, this is exactly what we should have done. Because he was just pleased to be back on top here. He shaved his head, he shaved his beard, he looks 10 years younger. And if you're a fan of reading wrestling news sites, you will know a few weeks ago, WWE trademark Happy Corbin. That is actually what we're calling him. I think we said it around about 104 times. It is really fun, though, because you know eventually it's just going to go bad. And we've also used this to give him brand new entrance music. That's actually quite an inventive way to go about it. Fans did boo all of this success, which is both hilarious and horrific at the same time. And he was like, I know what I want to do now. I want to get Big E out of here. So out came Big E and they had a little back and forth. But ultimately, Baron Corbin was like, I'm rich now. Let me buy your money in the back briefcase for $100,000. This guy is crazy. After Big E said no, Baron tried to convince him using reverse psychology. It was like, well, this is a huge mistake because you're going to lose it anyway. And that's when Big E got semi-serious. He was like, look, you better shut up. Why don't you go buy a half-eaten sandwich? Or why don't you go buy an Arkansas Razorback doll? And of course, that was a hometown reference. They're like, oh my gosh, he said where we are. I can't believe it. But even then, Baron didn't care about any of this. He is riding a wave. He is happy Corbin. So he said, if you're going to try and bring my buzz down, I'll just leave. So we left. So I enjoyed all of this. I mean, it is so silly, but so am I. Up. Quick promos from Edge and Seth Rollins. They both want to go after the Universal title now. And I was a bit like, Seth, you can't do that. You just lost to Edge. But what I do appreciate is that now there's multiple people that could be in the main event picture. Sometimes WWE is not very good at that. So this was all right. More teasing with Heyman and Roman Reigns next because our tribal chief finally arrived at the arena. I was like, shouldn't somebody find him? He's clearly late. And then he kind of treated Paul Heyman like he was a little bit of a traitor. Obviously, Heyman started to do whatever he could do to prove this wasn't the case and he was loyal to the head of the table. I don't want to go back to what I said earlier, but you can see what we're doing here. Tease, 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 tease. Which way is it going to go? Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura were then taken on Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. 
<laughs> Why WWE is insistent on not putting the Intercontinental Champion into Intercontinental Championship feuds, I will never know. But it does kind of feel like we've looked at Rick Boogs and gone, why don't we try and give him a push? And that so rarely happens in WWE, I'm going to give it a up. Because for starters, their pairing is really fun. And yes, once again, I believe for the second week in a row, when we got to the finish, it was Rick Boogs doing the pinning and he did a 1-2-3 over Dolph Ziggler. Also, I was doubly pleased because halfway through this, we got a promo from Apollo Crews saying, I haven't forgotten about my title. And I was genuinely scared that WWE would have forgotten about him. So this was actually quite good stuff. Boogs even came across as even better here because Bobby Roode tried to distract him. But I think Rick Boogs is so crazy, you wouldn't be able to distract him even if you tried. So he hit the pump handle slam onto Ziggles. And yeah, he pinned him. And I had this feeling of my tummy that was hope. Hope can be a dangerous thing, so we'll have to see how it goes. Naomi was then back on SmackDown after being traded from Raw, and I was all right, this is a fresh start, let's treat her like a big deal. And then she bumped into Sonya Deville, who said, I didn't even know you'd come back to SmackDown. I barely know who you are. So here was the ball. <laughs> let's throw it on the floor. It was hinted that Adam Pearce must have made this behind her back, but Sonya Deville didn't really give a damn. And I suppose this will probably build to Sonya getting back in the ring to have a feud with Naomi. But I think at one point, we should start treating Naomi like the badass wrestler that she is, as opposed to, who are you? I don't even recognize your face. And then honestly, we have got to be planning to turn either Rey Mysterio or Dominic Mysterio heel. And what crazy world is that? I mean, who wants to see father and son fall out? But I tell you, you're gonna get it. The point is, daddy and his boy were backstage when father said to son, listen, it's time for you to grow up and be a real adult. So I have arranged a match for you, but I don't know who the opponent is. I was like, Ray, what are you doing? This sounds like a terrible idea. As it turned out, the man in question was Sami Zayn. And honestly, what a terrific match that they had. I think we've all forgotten that Dominic Mysterio has only been doing this on the main roster for about a year, but just fits in wonderfully. And Sami Zayn is just vastly underrated. He deserves more pointers getting up. It was classic back and forth stuff too, with Domi using his flying powers, but Sami Zayn using experience to ground the man which was especially true when Dominic went for the 619 and he absolutely missed. This brought out Ray, which terrified me instantly because Dominic went straight for the distraction, most devastating move in all a sports entertainment surprise roll-up, but thankfully Zayn did kick out. But then, yeah, it did get kind of interesting. Because although Dominic was able to eventually hit the 619, when he went for the Sprog Splash, Sami Zayn just moved out the way. So Dominic jumped off the top rope. He casually strolled over. Sami Zayn was like, you moron. He suplexed him into the turnbuckle, booted him in the head. One, two, three, the boy had lost. Ray tried to offer some love afterwards though, but Dominic pushed his dad away and he stormed off. And Ray was like, you just had a bad time. You just had a bad experience. Everything will be okay. But Dominic didn't want to hear it. So I think we're about to turn this lovable pup into a bad guy. I don't know. I think it's crazy. But all this, like I say, was actually pretty damn good. It was then time to find out what the deal with Roman Reigns was as he and the Usos were about to head to the ring. And Paul Heyman was like, no, please take your title. I understand it's a family affair. But then I had some water behind my eyes because Roman said, wise man, you are part of the family. You should come too. 
I was like, who is cutting onions? I mean, I wasn't. It wasn't that emotional, but it's more fun to pretend I was. All four received thunderous boos when they did get in the ring, which I did always appreciate. And it pissed off Roman something fierce because he was like, well, I'm not going to talk. I'm going to whisper stuff to Paul Heyman and he can talk for me. So Paul's all like, oh man, you should acknowledge him. He beat John Cena. Oh, Tribal Chief, we love you. At that moment, Finn Balor's music hit though and he interrupted this, which as we said last week is exactly what WWE should have done because he got screwed over by everyone. But the difficult position that WWE put themselves here is that every single person in that venue wanted to see Brock Lesnar for obvious reasons. He'd been at SummerSlam and you expect them to follow up. We did allow Balor to remind everybody though, do not forget I was supposed to fight Roman Reigns before that John Cena got in the way and I'll deal with him later. So that was a good line. And then he got on the apron, said, screw Extreme Rules, let's have a title match next week. And then he took the microphone and he just chucked it at Roman's head. I really like this new Finn Balor. He did screw up his wrestling mask because of course this was three on one and the bloodline started to beat his ass. But that just meant somebody was going to make the save and it was the Street Profits, which I enjoyed 50%. But the other 50% of me was like, we have seen the Usos versus the Street Profits a lot. I really think we need some new bodies in the tag team division. Good guys whipped ass to close the show as Roman Reigns legged it to let Jay and Jimmy get absolutely destroyed. And this did everything that it had to do. Although we're not 100% sure if we are going to get that title shot next week. But that's good for the intrigue. And at the very least, we should do it at the pay-per-view. With that said, no Brock Lesnar was just bad. You wouldn't watch any other kind of TV show, have a big reveal, and then watch the next episode and be alright with that character not turning up at all. As I've already stated, you have to have some kind of follow-up, even if it's just a video of Brock Lesnar going, I will explain soon why I did what I did. Look at my cool new hair. Straight up, down. But I always enjoy SmackDown. I think it has compelling storylines. I like the characters and it just feels like a top tier show. I'm absolutely terrified about what we will do with Becky Lynch. But if it's her idea and she wants to try, good for her. Give it up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.